Live from Nashville, Tennessee, it's Dawn and Steve in the morning. It's Friday. Good morning from Moody Radio. Kia Stevens will join us this hour to talk about overcoming father wounds. Oh, I'm looking forward, kind of. You changed your tune really quickly in the middle of that statement. I, 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 uh, yeah, that's funny because this is such a powerful topic. Yes. It's it's so good. It's necessary. Kia has done an outstanding job in jumping in with her book called Overcoming Father Wounds. <laughs> but to say I'm excited, I don't know if that's the right description. I don't I don't think it is. But I, looking forward to it. Well, I mean, sometimes hard conversations, you know, you don't necessarily want to have them. But you look forward to them in a way that maybe something good and useful can come out of it. Kind of like when you have an abscess and you know that it's going to hurt to get it taken care of by the doctor. But once it is and it starts to heal, then everything, it, it, that anticipation it, that you've got to pay off because you're going to heal. I think so. And, mm-hmm. you know, when we do have father wounds, a lot of times healing is something that is going to be required. So... Mm-hmm. You know, if we don't look at it, if we don't face it, if we don't talk about it, then it just festers. That, yeah. And that's, that's no good. No, no. So Kia will join us here in a little bit, making sure that uh, everything is good on her end. Uh, so we are going to attach attach this. Yeah, obviously, I just got in my own head. This is really going to be a, an important conversation. And I don't want the enemy to get any kind of foothold in this because it is so important looking at who our Heavenly Father is and the difference that is compared to an earthly father is massive. And I don't know if you've ever been able to make that switch, but um, that's one of the things Kia really digs down into. Yeah, and and important for us to be able to acknowledge that and distinguish between those two things because when God is called our Father so many times in, in Scripture, you know, if we did not have a good earthly father... Growing up, and even if we had a good one, there's still some flaws there, right? But some of us have had really bad fathers. Thankfully, that's not my story. But Or for, absent. Or absent, right? For those who have, when you hear God as Father and you then put on what you experienced on Him, mm-hmm. man, that can mess things up mm-hmm. in a big, bad way. And so we want to make sure that as we have this conversation that uh, we talk about who God the Father truly is, His characteristics, His attributes, and uh, not what we might put on him. Well, we uh, hope that you'll stay with us. Looking forward to uh, having that conversation. It is Don and Steve in the morning here on Moody Radio. She brings the sparkle. He brings the chill. It's Dawn and Steve in the morning. Good morning from Moody Radio. Thanks for being with us. And Kia's here. Kia is here. Kia Stevens. And Kia, you've written a book called Overcoming Father Wounds, Exchanging Your Pain for God's Perfect Love. And uh, I, I got to tell you, when I saw this book, I was like, yes, no, I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick today. I, I've got to sneeze, cough, whatever I need to not be here. Get somebody else. <laughs> Get a substitute. <laughs> Steve, you handle it. it, yeah. it it's going to be just fine. I'll listen. But I'm going to listen from my jammies with my coffee and... <laughs> Maybe so lay in the fetal position. I don't oh know. no, no? we're, we're going to engage. We are. I mean, you, if you're going to deal with pain, we got to walk through it, right? 
We don't go over it. We don't oh, go under it. We so don't go around smack it. You right now. I know you do. But I can, I'm I way know. over here. You know that face, don't you? <laughs> you, you can uh, throw things at me, but thankfully you can't actually hit me today. <laughs> I cannot reach him. I cannot. Oh, but we're gonna. Yeah, we're probably gonna reach some pain today, and that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. We cannot heal. We cannot learn how God meets us in our need if we don't start letting him get some of this festering out. And and that's what wounds do sometimes. They will fester. Kia, this book is a labor of love. It had to have been difficult for you. And one of the things that struck me is that you went to your father and asked for his permission to tell the story. What did that look like? Well, I did that for two reasons. The publisher told me to uh, so that we wouldn't get sued. I don't think my dad would sue us, though. But, uh, you know, I am a bit of a risk taker. I'm kind of spontaneous. So I was like, oh, yeah, I could do this. I'm just going to hop on a plane, fly 800 miles, go see my dad, and it's going to be easy. Capiche, capache. You know, so I, I'm sitting at a restaurant. I pull out my laptop because I also know my father is more than likely not going to read my book. Not not in, in a bad sense. It's just wouldn't be something he would do. And so I read the portions of the book that pertain to my dad, which let me say my book is about 97% Kia and her wounds and how she processed it and, and what she learned from it, and maybe 3% about my father. Uh, so I'm reading a little bit to my dad and I look up at him o- over the chips and salsa because we were at a Mexican restaurant and say, dad, um, are you okay with that? And he said, yeah, I'm okay with that. And mm-hmm. so I read a little bit more and I say, dad, are you okay with that? And he said, yep, I'm, I'm okay. That's how it happened. And so I get to the last bit and I read, um, you know, how, how I was impacted by the absence of my dad in my life. He didn't go to the first and last day of school. He missed prom. He didn't talk to tuck me in at night, all of these things. And I look up from my computer screen and my dad has tears streaming down Mm -hmm. his face and he says you know I owe you and your mother an apology Mm -hmm. and I was sitting there like whoa I didn't see that one coming I didn't see that one coming and the beautiful thing uh, about that story is that in that moment I didn't need it I wasn't looking for an apology. I didn't I didn't have an IOU, a list of wrongs that my dad needed to repent, repent for and 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 make amends for. I wasn't in that place. That was the the matchless work, the transformative work of our savior, um, Jesus. Uh, but then also I was able, by way of the Holy Spirit, to say, you know what, Dad, it's okay. We all have a lot of things to overcome. Now, that's God. When you can take another person's sin that's wronged you and put it on the same tier as your own and realize that you're not up on a pedestal and they're down in the valley. No, we're right here on the same playing field. It looks different, but it's still the same sin. It's a different version of it. You know, so that was uh, it was a really a full circle moment. For me, I've had a lot of full circle moments with this journey of just seeing how God has taken the broken pieces of my life and made a beautiful portrait of his grace. You know, sometimes we can see the effects of wounding. We can uh, maybe in the way that we react to things, and we may not necessarily know what that stems from or why when somebody does something that is, you know, in a sense, stepping on our pain. When did you begin to realize that some of the things that you were having to deal with goes back to wounding from your relationship with your dad? Sure. I remember I was in a counseling session and the counselor said to me, have you written a forgiveness letter to your father? 
And I'm looking at this counselor like, what <laughs> on earth do I need to do that for? I mean, he wasn't there. What do I have to forgive? Why do I need to do that? And I thought she was crazy, but I did do what she asked me to do. And Don and Steve, I, I had a very difficult time getting through that letter. Uh, I, I could not write it in one sitting. And then the next step of that exercise, this is a, a, a common a counseling tool or strategy or whatever that, that's used. Um, I also used an empty chair technique. Technique, that's the word I was looking for, uh, where you put an empty chair in front of you and then you read this letter to the empty chair as if the person was sitting there. And y'all, I, I was just bawling. Mm -hmm. I was just bawling when I got to that list of, of things that I wish he had been there for. And all these consequences that I feel like happened as a result of his absence. Uh, but that uh, was a moment where I was like, oh, she was right. Hmm. I've been impacted by my father's absence in my life. Even though he wasn't there, it still wounded me. Well, and that that's a good point, Kia. You talk about your father's absence and the wounds that that caused. Other times it's an abusive relationship or one that... It, they're just father wounds come in so many different packages yeah. and sizes. Yeah. Why should anyone start to look at these? Why? W what difference does, did it make for you? Sure. First, I want to say, I understand if you don't want to, just like you were saying, Don, let me curl up in the fetal position and, <laughs> and say I did, but I really yeah. don't. You know, I, know. I totally get that. It's very uncomfortable. But just because we don't address it, it doesn't mean it's not impacting us. It doesn't mean it's not impacting our relationships with the opposite sex, because I primarily speak to women. It doesn't mean it's not impacting our confidence and our security and our self-esteem. And the next generation that we are currently raising, it doesn't mean that they're not impacted by our wounds. So I believe it's worth delving into our unhealed trauma, our, our unhealed places, so that we can experience that abundant life that God promised us in, in, in John. Kia, you talk about how if we don't, or if we acknowledge those, it can change us. It changes our perspective. It changes the way we treat one another, including our own kids and maybe spouse. What about how we view our heavenly father? Sure. Certainly. I, I remember this quote that I discovered years ago that says it's common for people to perceive that God is like their father or fatherly figures in their lives. And then later, after I discovered that that quote in a secular outlet, news outlet, I went through some counseling of, of my own at my church. And so they be, they had us look at father and look at how we view God the father. And so they said, if you had a distant father, you could perceive that God is distant. Or if you had a uh, absent father, Father or a dominant father or an abusive father, you can perceive God to be that way. And even though I grew up in the church, I was there many times, many days during the week, uh, I had a skewed lens of who God, my heavenly father was. And I had to go through things with God, but then I also had to unpack God's attributes in the scripture. And you can see his attributes as he engages with humanity through the pages of scripture, but then you can also see it explicitly. We know God is holy. God is righteous, but he's also intimately concerned about the details of my life. First, first Peter five, seven. So God is not who our father was or is. God is in a category all his own. Hmm. 
It's such an important truth for us to kind of think through, process, or maybe even we need to wrestle through uh, that at times. And uh, Kia Stevens has written the book, Overcoming Father Wounds, Exchanging Your Pain for God's Perfect Love. We want to connect you with her, so put the link on our Facebook page, Don Steve in the Morning. When we come back in just a few moments, I want to talk a little bit more about what God showed you, Kia, about himself in this process. Why not take Dawn? And Steve, with you, wherever you go. That's a great idea. Download the Moody Radio app. Thanks for listening to Dawn and Steve in the Morning. Hey, we're talking with Kia Stevens. She is the founder of Entrusted Women. She's an author. She's a speaker. She's written for Proverbs 31 Ministries, I believe, Beloved Women, Crosswalk.com, a ton of other things. Speaks at conferences and has written Overcoming Father Wounds, Exchanging Your Pain for God's Perfect Love. And Kia, just before our break, you were talking about the fact that one of the things that we may do if we have father wounds is kind of project our relationship with our earthly father onto God, our heavenly father. And you had to go through the work of looking at who God, the father truly is. What did God reveal to you as you began that process of looking at his characteristics and attributes? So many things. I'm trying to see where I can begin. Um, I'll start with just lies. You know, uh, a lot of times, the things that have happened to us communicate lies in our um, efforts to survive and, and function in this life. We begin to accept lies as truth. I'll give you some examples. Um, I have to feel pretty to be loved. Hmm. I have to derive my sense of identity uh, from the things that, that I do. Um if I'm if I'm not performing and receiving accolades, then I have no worth. I have no value. Uh, and some of those lives lies stemmed out of me performing, getting caught up in the performance trap so that I could receive uh, the need for affirmation, the need to be loved, the need to be secure, to be seen or to feel important. And so God really had to come in and help me. Uh, I talk in the book about um, using this book called Mind Over Mood, where I literally had to write down all of my thoughts and identify the dominant thought that was driving our behavior. Because we don't just behave because we behave that way. It's typically driven by a thought. And so I had, had to identify what was the dominant thought driving my behavior and then pair it with truth. Is this what God says? Does God say that your worth is tied to the work that you do? Does God say that you're not beautiful, that you're not worthy, that you're not lovely, that you're not chosen? No, God doesn't say those things. So God really had to help me unpack the lies that I believed. I'm not saying that I'm perfect at it um, by any means, but doing the work like that really helps you to identify these thoughts when they pop into your head and say, wait a minute, that doesn't line up with scripture. Yeah, it doesn't. And it comes to mind as Zach Williams song, I'm a slave to nothing, because mm -hmm. you start to tackle the thoughts. Right. And you do, like you said, Kia, you start to recognize them. You also make this statement that I love about our Heavenly Father. You said, God, our Father, He does not replace earthly fathers because that box is too limiting. Yeah. But he offers us a far greater relationship because he is perfect and he's sovereign and all-knowing. But I think oftentimes if there are father wounds, we do try to make our heavenly father the replacement to our earthly father. I get why we do that. Why is it important, though, to look that he's bigger? 
You know, and I totally can relate to that. That was my argument with God for many, many years of like, okay, so everyone's saying God is a father to the fatherless. I've heard this over time because I grew up in the church, but exactly how are you going to do that, God, when I can't audibly hear you, I cannot see you, and I cannot touch you, and I think for me, when I say you can't place God into a box, it's too limiting, the box that you would put a father in, uh, I was expecting God to come in and do the things that a, a biological father would do, take me out on a, a date, or um, sit down with me and watch a game or be there to interrogate my dates. Um, that's not something God is, he could, he could, but that's not something that God is going to do per se. But what he does that's far greater is he's intimately aware about who I am as an individual. He orchestrates the circumstances of my life so that he can, um, impact me in a way that brings healing and brings wholeness in my life. And it, I I feel like I can, I can feel the opposition uh, of people who are saying this sounds super spiritual, or it sounds like something that can't take place. Um, and what I would say to that is that there is a bit of a risk taking, you know, one wound that we could have is a trust wound. We may feel like God is someone that's not trustworthy. Why would I take a gamble in trusting you with my hurt, trusting you with my heart, trusting you with my wounds, believing that you can make me feel whole and secure and wanted and lovely when I, when I didn't experience that from a, a biological father. Why should I believe it from somebody I can't see? There is a degree of risk-taking involved in trusting that God is able to be a heavenly father for us. And I kind of talk about that in the book of how I just took incremental steps to say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you with this thing right here. I'm going to trust you with another thing until I begin to see God uh, as some, as, as, as one who is listening to me. Um, I shared an example of, of, I was a teacher and I had a large sum of money that I needed to raise to take my inner city students on a domestic trip. And I prayed the same prayer every day with the exact amount of, of money that I needed. And um, uh, we ended up getting the money. And when I had the check in hand, it was for the exact amount that I had been praying for. And the scripture that immediately, immediately popped into my mind was that scripture in Matthew where it says um, how much more um, will your heavenly father do, do for those that, that loves him. It says, if your father asks, if you ask your father for a stone, will he give you, or ask him for bread, will he give you a stone? How much more will your heavenly father do for you? And, and I was like, you know, God, you answered my prayer specifically and exactly. And it just communicated to me in volumes that I, I am capable of being a heavenly father for you. It may not look the way you, um, have have conceived it in your mind, but I am able to do it, but it will require you trust me. Yeah. And, and, and trust is huge, isn't it? And if it's broken, just the damage that can do, and certainly that could be a wound caused by an earthly father, but overcoming father wounds, Kia Stevens writing a book, exchanging your pain for God's perfect love. And I so appreciate that you said you take incremental steps to get that done. And God meets us every step of the way. That's the amazing thing about his kindness, his grace, his mercy. And it's due today, even as we have difficult conversations.
It's Friday. Dawn's in pink, Steve's not, but we're celebrating the weekend already. Join us by calling or texting 800 555 7898. Don's got the pink and the blue. Yeah, yeah. you look like a gender reveal party over there. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I'm rocking today. The gender (laughs) reveal. I got the pink sweater, the blue hair, at least for a little while longer. We're talking to Kia Stevens. Kia has written a book, Overcoming Father Wounds, Exchanging Your Pain for God's Perfect Love. And there's so, so much that it's kind of like, Kia, you said you're going first so that others can kind of stick their toe in the water and, and learn to trust God and learn that he is so much more than any earthly relationship will ever have. And one of the things you struggled with is having the faith that it could happen to you, that you could heal, that you could trust God. You you could see it for others, but not so much yourself. I think there's probably someone listening today that goes, oh, yeah, no, I see healing going on in a lot of lives, but I don't think it's ever going to happen to me. Sure. You know, and a, a, uh, I remember a quote that Beth Moore had in her book, um, So Long Insecurity, You've Been a Very Bad Friend. She said, um, you know, I feel like I take three steps forward and two steps back. But if you take three steps forward and two two steps back, it's still one step forward. Uh, and I'd also like to point out that in the book, a friend shared this with me, overcoming the ING is present progressive. It's not a stagnant place. It's not a stagnant destination that we're trying to get to. It's ongoing, which brings to mind Philippians 1, 6 that says, being confident of this, that he who began a great work in you shall be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. So we're all a work in progress for those of the listeners that are out there saying, I I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. I don't think this is going to happen for me. It's happening. It's happening by by the sound of my voice. It's happening just by mere fact that you courageously said, okay, Dawn, I'm going to listen in with you to this podcast about overcoming father wounds. God is doing a supernatural work while we sit and do nothing. We have a listener texting in the question this morning who said, I recognize the father wound here, but do you jump right from recognition to the forgiveness letter? She says, I I, I guess my approach has been, I get what my dad is like, I'm accepting that, and I'm trying to just move on, but that's not worked so well. So is there a process that I need to work on, more that needs to be done to get to that forgiveness letter so it's more effective? What does that look like? Yeah, great question. I'm trying to package 20 plus years of wrestling and counseling and praying and crying and not just regular crying, but the snotty nose, the the yep. blown up face. I'm trying to package that into 250 pages. It just doesn't work like that. I always encourage women to just start with the acknowledgement of what was done to you and how it impacted you. Just acknowledge that because sometimes that's a bigger barrier than we even want to admit. We rather just um, not rock the boat. And then after you acknowledge, then invite the Holy Spirit into this this journey with you. I I had a woman DM me yesterday and she said, I read a devotional that you wrote and then I heard you on a podcast and then I went and got the book. Do you see those incremental steps here? God said, okay, I'll just let her read that devotion and I'll just let her hear it again. It's a little repetition for you. And then I'm going to give her enough courage and enough strength to purchase the book. And then in the book, there's questions. There's questions at the end of each chapter. So the questions are going to give you the the choice to say, I want to answer one question today or 10, or I'm just going to put this book away for about a month. 
until I feel courageous enough to go back to it again. You know, God is gentle. Uh, the Holy Spirit is a wonderful counselor. So he's not going to force us and cram fit our healing into uh, 20 minutes or into you got to do this now. And it's not linear. It's kind of a spider web. For me, it is anyways. Um, but I hope that that's an encourage, encouragement for the listener, you know, uh, that they can um, invite the Holy Spirit and he'll take the wheel on the on the healing journey. Not that we have to drive drive the ship. We don't have to do that. Yeah. Well, maybe as you're listening this morning, you're like, yeah, I, I see that progression. And maybe the next thing is to connect with Kia and this book, Overcoming Father Wounds, Exchanging Your Pain for God's Perfect Love. We're putting this uh, link up for the book at our Facebook page. On Facebook, you're looking for Don and Steve in the morning. Kia so appreciates your uh, willingness to have the conversation this morning to help us think about some of those wounds and how we can see the truth of who God is as God our Father, even in the midst of uh, having to process through maybe the emotional wounds that some of us are carrying.